Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, and we take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. You can always join us live each Sunday morning at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. at our Rock Spring, Georgia campus, or at 11 a.m. at our Rossville, Georgia campus, which is just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I'm going to ask you now to take your Bibles wherever you are and turn to Matthew 6, Matthew chapter 6. Started a new sermon series a few weeks ago entitled A Marriage Minute. Your marriage is on the clock. Now, I, I thought about yesterday, I, I thought about switching sermons and preaching something, you know, in relation to the coronavirus or wherever we are, fear, faith, that kind of thing. But here's what I realized is that you're, you're locked in your house with your husband or wife. And you may need a marriage sermon now more than ever in your life. So I'm going to stick with the marriage theme because I, I think I'm, I'm preaching today a subject that is probably the most important marriage relationship principle you'll ever hear. And it's in the Bible and it's plain in the Bible, but we never apply it to marriage. And so what I want to do today is take this principle that's given to us in Matthew chapter 6 and I want, I want to preach it and apply it to marriage. Here's what I want to preach on today. This subject, do it, then feel it. Do it, then feel it. Have you ever noticed how many um, actors and actresses fall in love on a movie set? I don't know if you've ever paid attention to that or not, but if you follow uh, you know, any of that at all, and I, I do very little, but Google helped me out a little bit, you, you find out that a lot of times an actor and an actress who were in a movie together wind up in, in love and even married later on. Matter of fact, I can give you a few examples. Uh, just a few examples here, uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner. They were in a movie uh, together called uh, Pearl Harbor. Many of you have heard of that. But in 2003, they were in a movie called Daredevil. Nobody saw that movie. It was not a good movie. But uh, uh, Ben Affleck says this. He said, that's where I found my wife. We fell in love. They, got, they fell in love in 2003 in the movie um, uh, Daredevil. And they were married in 2005. And they had three kids together. And if you follow this kind of thing, they are now divorced. If you're an older generation, you're going to recognize this couple, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. Hollywood's most, one of their most notorious couples started on a movie set. She was, you know, Elizabeth Taylor's reputation. She was already married to her fourth husband, Eddie Fisher, and they were already making relationship headlines because their relationship started with her fourth husband while her fourth husband was already married before it was her husband. But while that was in the process of falling apart, she met Richard Burton, who became her fifth husband. They fell in love on the movie set Cleopatra, and the two got uh, uh, separated from their current spouses. They married one another and they got divorced in 1974. And then they um, uh, remarried again in 1976. And needless to say, it did not last. But then there's a more recent famous couple. You'll recognize this group, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. They were in a movie together called Mrs. and Mrs. Smith, and Brad was already married to Jennifer Aniston. I know I sound like People Magazine Day, all right? Just hang with me and 
Brad was already married to Jennifer Aniston and they wound up getting a divorce a year after Mr. and Mrs. Smith and it was a huge scandal and, and Angelina and Brad got married and it became the whole Brangelina thing. You remember that? And, and they had a great relationship for a minute. And then in 2016, she filed for a divorce and that no longer is a thing. Hollywood actors and actresses fall in love. Now, why does that happen? Here's the deal. Two actors without any feelings for each other have to play a role where they have feelings for each other. Day after day, they're in a role on a movie set. Two people who have no love for each other at all when they meet, but have to play a role where they mimic or pretend to have feelings with one another. And they do that day after day after day in the role until they wind up with the feelings. Every day, pretending to do what people in love do. And the next thing you know, they're in love. Every day, pretending to do what people in love do. And the next thing you know, they're in love. Because every day, they do what people in love are supposed to do. And the next thing you know, they're in love. Somehow, they accomplish and pretend what married couples cannot accomplish for real. Every one of those couples wind up divorced. It never lasts. The, lo the love wears off. And you say, well, why does the love wear off? Because no one is scripting out their love life for them anymore. Nobody's making them follow these lines or say these things or have these romantic getaways or do the things that you would do in a movie. So you know what happens? They quit doing what lovebirds do and all of a sudden they're not in love. Now, can I tell you this, that I'm going to get to Bible. I'm getting out of Hollywood. Give me a second. I'm going to get, to I'm get out of Hollywood in a minute. Give me a minute. Uh, hold, hold on. The principle is a well-known Bible principle that we never apply to marriage, but it fits in every context imaginable. So here's what I want you to do. I want us to read the Bible verses together. I'm going to put it, they're going to put them up on the screen. I'm going to read them. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. And by the way, if you're you know, obviously you're doing the online church. There's a place for your Bible right over to the side. You can look there or you can just look up on the screen. Verse 19, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me, let, me, let me walk you through that passage for just a moment. Now, we know that when we get to this idea of a heart, that word heart there means affections. It includes your thoughts and your will. The heart in the Bible is the, is the seat of all your affections. It's the seat of your feelings. It's the seat of your thoughts and your will. Uh, all of that, even your willpower is said to be coming from your heart. It's the seat and center of man's life, especially your desires especially your feelings. And so here's how we could translate that passage in Matthew 6, and it would be just fine. All these words could be used. For where your treasure is, there will your affections be also. For where your treasure is, there will your thoughts be also. For where your treasure is, there will your feelings be also. 
For where your treasure is, there where your will pair be. Get this, where your treasure is, there is where your desires will be. Here's what the Bible is trying to tell us. Where you put your treasures is where your feelings go. Where you put your treasures is where your desires go. Now let me, let me, let me specifically look at the point that's made in the scripture and then let me tell you the larger principle. Verse 19 says this, don't put all your treasures on earth, right? We get that. As Christians, and many of you watching this are believers, like you get that, right? All, there is coming a judgment day at the end of this life, and we've got to get ready for it. That means not all of our treasures can be in this world. Not all of your time, not all of your energy, not all of your finances, not all of your resources, not all of your focus. Here's the deal. If you put it in earth, everything you invest in earth, you'll lose one day. That's the bottom line. And so Jesus was trying to tell us, hey, I know you got to live. I know you got to do some things. But if you're putting all your treasure in earth, it's all going to be gone one day. Well, what do we do, Jesus? Well, verse number 20 tells us, put your treasures in heaven. Well, what do you mean? Well, put your, invest time into heavenly things. Invest time into spiritual things. Invest time into the gospel. Invest time into the things that matter. Invest your energy into heavenly things. Invest your finances into heavenly things. Invest your resources in heavenly things. Invest your focus in heavenly things. Invest your passion in heavenly things. And here's what Jesus told us. For everything I store in heaven, it never, ever goes away. Can I tell you this? Every, every moment you put in heaven is registered to your account and it never goes away. Every bit of energy you put into heaven is registered in your account and never goes away. Every dollar you put in the offering plate that you give is registered in heaven and it never goes away. And here's how he concluded that whole thing. Verse 21, wherever you put your treasures, your heart is going to follow. Now, it's not the other way around. So many people quote that Bible verse and they quote it incorrectly. Here's what they, I've heard it quoted so many times the incorrect, incorrect way. Here's what they say. Well, where your heart is is where you'll put your treasures. No, it's not true. As a matter of fact, it's dangerously wrong. What is the correct principle is where you put your treasures, your heart follows along behind it. Here's what that means. You start with action and feelings come behind it. You start with doing and the feeling comes behind it. You say, you want to get your heart in the right place? It always starts with an investment. Can I tell you this? The reason so many Christians don't feel close to God is you don't have anything invested in your God relationship. And you want a feeling without the treasure, and it can't happen. You want a feeling without the investment, can't happen. You won't feel close to God if you don't serve him. You won't feel close to God if you don't spend time with him. You won't feel close to God if you don't sacrifice for him. You won't feel close to God if you don't give for him. You have to put treasure in. And when you put treasure in and start with action, your feelings are sure to follow. Whatever has your action has your heart. Stock market crashed this week. I'd ask you to raise your hand, but I can't see you through the camera. But, you know, <laughs> I didn't check my 401k. I'd rather, I'd rather not know. I'd rather write it out. But when it was at the kind of bottom, I went online and bought just a little bit of stock. I'm like, I'm just going to buy a little bit down at the bottom. It can't go any lower. I was wrong about the can't go lower <laughs> part, but um, we'll see. But. Man, as soon as I bought just a tiny bit of stock, just a little bitty bit, as soon as I bought just a little bitty bit, I watched that thing all day long. I'd work, look, work, look, work. Why? Because I'd invested and I wanted to see 
what was going on with my investment. And that's, that, that Bible principle about your treasure is absolutely true. But here, here's the larger principle that God was trying to teach us. The principle is applicable in all of life. He gave us the highest illustration. That's what he did. Jesus gave us the highest illustration, the God relationship. He said, hey, here's how your God relationship works. If you want to have a heart for God, feelings for God, walk to God, walk with God, close to God, love God, here's what you do. Put some treasure in, in the Lord, in heavenly things, and your heart will follow. But that principle can be applied to all relationships, and it can definitely be applied to your marriage. And it's probably the most important marriage principle you can apply. Because here's what it'll do. It'll resurrect a dead marriage. Some of, some of you are watching and you are absolutely in a dead marriage. I don't mean it's a bad one. I mean it's dead. It, it's not even on life support. If somebody doesn't get one of those shots in your heart pretty soon, it's not going to make it. And this principle can resurrect a dead ma marriage. Can I tell you this? It can make a lukewarm marriage sizzle. Some of you are living together as husband and wife, but it feels like brothers and sisters. That's a lukewarm marriage but it can keep a passionate marriage on fire. And here's the principle. If you're taking notes on your computer or device or if you're just writing them on a piece of paper, here it is. Actions lead to feelings. That is, you have to do it before you feel it. You want your marriage to be right? You have to do it before you feel it. Why? Because feelings don't lead to actions. Actions always lead to feelings. So let, let me apply it. Let me make four, thing, four statements about this that you can figure out on your own. But let me make these four statements. Here they are. Number one is this. Feelings are hard to control. Feelings are hard to control. One reason you can't feel it first is that you can't command your feelings, right? You, you can't wake up one morning and say, I command myself to be happy. I command myself to be joyful. I command myself to be loving. I command myself. No, you can't do that. You cannot command a feeling. You can fake a feeling for a minute, but you cannot command a genuine feeling. Here's what that means. That means you can't wake up one day, roll over in the bed and stretch and say, I'm going to be madly in love with my husband today. I'm going to be madly in love with my wife today. I, I, I hated him yesterday, but today I'm just going to choose to be in love with him. No, you can't do that. Why? Because when, when a negative feeling is there, you, you can't replace that feeling by trying to replace a feeling. And let me say this, sometimes we over-spiritualize this principle a little bit, but I want to say this, and, and listen to me carefully, you can't pray a feeling up. You just can't. There's no Bible command to pray a feeling up. You, you, you're in a marriage right now that it may not be a good one. You're saying, well, I'm trying to tell myself to love him or love her, and I'm, I'm trying to pray that I would love him. That's, that, I mean, prayer for your marriage is good. That was the first sermon. If you haven't heard that, go back in, on the app and watch last week's sermon or listen to it. You need to pray for your marriage. But the fact is your feelings can run rampant dead or dead on you, and they're hard to control. You can have too many feelings or none at all. And if you view love as an emotion, it's more a verb, but if you view it as emotion, and I told you to love broccoli, or I told you to love Tennessee volunteers, <laughs> both those things are impossible to love. You could not conjure that up. Go dogs. You'd find it impossible. <laughs> hey, right now, go any sport, right? I'd watch hockey if hockey was on television right now, so... Um, 
You couldn't conjure up feelings. Why? Feelings and emotions are hard to control. You don't believe that feelings and emotions are hard to control, then you get in downtown Atlanta traffic on a Friday afternoon. You, you can't really control those feelings. Did you know, according to a new study by the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety, 80% of, Americans driver, 80% of American drivers have expressed significant anger, aggression, or road rage behind a wheel at least once in the past year. Some people many more times than once. They estimate that 8 million Americans engage in extreme examples of road rage, including purposefully ramming other vehicles or getting out of the car to confront another driver. Matter of fact, here, here's what they tell us. Americans, 51% of us purposely tailgate out of anger. And it's your fault. If you'd drive faster, we wouldn't do it. 47% purposely roll down a window and yell at another driver. 45% haunt to show annoyance or anger. Then 33% make angry gestures. We are not going to mimic the gestures today since it is church day, but 24% try to block another vehicle from changing lanes. And here's the deal about all that. You know how that works? You don't sit back and go, hmm, God cut me off. I think what I'm going to do now is choose to go into a rage Yep, that's it. I'm going to choose to go into a rage and I'm going to work up a lot of anger right now. You know why you don't do that? Because you can't do that. You know what happens? The anger just bursts because of an outside influence. You almost have little control over your feelings. But let me tell you about marriage. The same way you can't command anger, it just happens. You can't command love. You can't command affection in your marriage. You can't say, all of a sudden I'm going to wake up day and I'm just going to be madly in love. You can't command hate, ambivalence, coldness, or uncaring. And for your marriage, if you're trying to sit around and work up and pray up an emotion, I'm telling you, it's not coming. Feelings are hard to control. Here's the problem. You're waiting on the feeling to fix your marriage and you're never going to have the feeling until you fix your marriage. Second thing I'm going to tell you about this principle. Two actions are easy to control. Actions are, let me say it this way, are easier to control. Actions are under your control. You choose what to do. As a matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. If you know an action to do that is good, but you don't do it, you're in the wrong. There's a Bible verse that said that. Many of you could quote it, James 4, 17. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Well, the only way it can be a sin is if the action is under my control. He doesn't say it's a sin to know how you ought to feel and then not feel it because he knows we can't command our feelings. But it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do the action. The Bible puts actions totally under your control. Now get this, not the actions of others. I talked about it last week. The one area in our lives we have no self-awareness is in our marriage and all we can do is focus on the other spouse. Well, that, that's not true. You're not in control of the actions of others. So why you can't do much about your emotions, you can do something about your action. Here's the deal. Hear me, write this down. 
Your actions control your emotions. Your actions control your emotions. That's why the Bible says put your treasure in first and your hearts follow. The action controls the emotions. See, if you do the wrong actions, you'll get the wrong emotions. If you do the right actions, you'll get the right emotions. If I do negative actions, I get negative emotions. If I do positive actions, I get positive emotions. If I do nothing, I get no emotions. And your marriage falls in one of those. You're either doing negative actions and getting negative emotions, or you're doing positive action and getting positive emotions, or you're doing nothing and you're getting no emotions. And you control the emotions you generate through the actions that take place. An action you do controls the emotion you feel. Months ago in the middle of the night, um, I got out of bed and, and, and I did, I don't want to be too graphic here, but I, I headed to the restroom and I'm on the far side and it was dark and it was in the middle. Thank you, Denny. It was on the far side and it was in the middle, just at that right there. And it was on the far side in the middle and, and I, around the corner and we have a sharp bedpost and you've probably done this, right? You probably did it recently. And, and I, I kicked hard the corner of the bedpost with my little pinky toe. And I just want to be honest with you, in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., kicked it as hard as I felt like I could uh, in the middle of the night. You wake up immediately and immediately that action produces an emotion. You know what the emotion is? I thought it'd be easier to demonstrate it. The emotion was that. I'm better. That was the emotion. Matter of fact, it felt good to do it now, and I did that a year ago. So then I'm out of breath, and that's hard to beat something up. And the negative action led to a negative feeling. And I can I tell you something in marriage? Here's the problem in marriage. We don't feel it, so we don't do it, and we feel it even less. Hear me? We don't feel it, so we don't do it, so we feel it even less. So we don't feel it, so we still don't do it, and we feel it even less. And we don't feel it, and we still keep not doing it. And we still keep feeling it any less. And once that cycle starts, if you are operating on feeling, the relationship gets colder and colder. And hear me, you start saying things like this to yourself and then out loud, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I don't have feelings for you anymore. And can I tell you this? The problem is not in your feelings. The problem is in your actions. You can control your actions. Quit trying to control your feelings. Quit trying to control their feelings. So what do you mean, preacher? I mean, do the things that a couple in love should do. Date, compliment, talk to, spend time with, forgive, move on from past hurts, flirt with them, write love notes to them, bomb gifts, laugh, just speak nicely. Do the things that a person in love should do. And couples in love... Invest the actions in the relationship and their heart follows. And can I tell you how it works? I don't feel it, but I do it anyway. Just like, just like actors on the screen. I don't feel it, but I'm going to do it anyway. You say, was well, that genuine? Hey, if you'll hang in there, it'll come. I want to do it anyway. And you know what? I do it a little bit and I feel it a little bit. And I do it a little bit more and I start feeling a little bit more. And you going down that road, here, here's, here's why we can't do it. We don't feel it. We say, all right, he preached it. I'm going to do it. 
we just feel it a little bit, and you say, well, it wasn't enough, and I stop. It's an investment. Couples in love invest in their relationship, and their heart follows. Let me show you the third principle. Here it is, is this, number three. Old treasures fade. Verse 19 says this, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Old treasures fade. Now, here's what we know. Here's what the Bible said. Treasures in heaven don't fade away, right? Like they're tucked up there. They're good for all of eternity. But that's not true with treasures on earth. And that's what he just said. And so you invest in your relationship with God. That lasts forever. But when you stopped investing in an earthly relationship, the relationship is going to deteriorate. He said, rust, age, and thieves will wither away your relationship. And I want to tell you, you bet that's true in marriage. The fact is, if you are not investing in your marriage relationship, you are backing up in your marriage. If you're not investing in your relationship, you're backing up in your, your marriage. You can't write off yesterday's investments. You can't write off yesterday's treasures. You have to continually deposit treasure in your marriage banking account so you can keep having the feelings, so you can keep putting in treasure, so you can keep having the feelings, and so forth and so forth until death do us part. It's like a checking account. Man, you go down to the bank today and you can put in $500 and open up a checking account. But as you write money out of that checking account, you know what they expect you to do? They expect you to put more money in it. Why? Because you already wrote out. And I'm going to tell you, some of you have done a really good job in the past of putting some good treasures in your, bank, in your, in your marriage bank account. But you know what you did? You spent them. You said something stupid and you wrote a big check out of that account. You did something stupid and you wrote a big check out of the, that account. I'm telling you, and when it, not, not heavenly, heavenly stays forever, but earthly, Jesus said, old treasures fade. And so here's, here is true in marriage. Husband, keep making deposits with your actions. Wife, keep making deposit with your actions. You can't live off your dating life forever. And that, man, that happens so many times. Couples get married. Dating life has been so fun. You know why dating is so fun? Because, man, every day you're just depositing, 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 depositing. I want to tell you, if you're listening you're not married, your boyfriend or girlfriend is not making deposits now, hey, back up. It only gets worse. But, man, you're dating most of the time. That, that husband, I mean, that boyfriend, he's just deposit, 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 deposit. Walk down the aisle, stop. And it's the old... Well, I told her I loved her when I married her, but hey, old, old deposits, fate. Show the fourth thing. Number four, the more action you take, the more feelings you'll feel. The more action you take, the more feeling you'll feel. Or in other words, the greater the investment, the greater the return. Now, your relationship with God works exactly that way. Someone who's sold out to Christ, daily walking, giving, learning, is going to have a better relationship with Jesus than somebody who comes to church every now and then and never opens a Bible at home, right? Your relationship with Jesus is that way. The more you invest, the greater your return in your heavenly relationship. The more your treasures you put in, the greater your heart is attached to those treasures. But the same thing is true in your marriage. The more you put into the... The more you put in to the feelings, the more, feel, the more you put into the action, the more feelings you'll get out of it. The more treasure you put into your marriage, the more feelings you'll get out of it. The more action you take in your marriage, the, the more the feelings you will get out of it. Some of you here today and listen, watching today and you said, I've tried, but not really, not really, really. I mean, some of you watching, your marriage is at zero on the 
feeling scale. It's going to take some time and some action. Some of you watching are maybe at a negative 10. It's going to take some time to get where you need to be. Some of you watching are a 7 out of 10. And you've got the gasoline on the logs. You just need to light the match to get the fire going to the next level. Never quit investing in your marriage. Keep pouring it on. Because the more actions you take, the more feelings you'll feel. So let me give you seven quick tips on how to apply that. Seven marriage minute tips based on what we just learned. Number one is this. Don't give your feelings the final say. Don't do it. Don't give your feelings the final say. Some of you are watching and you're saying, well, I just don't feel it for him, preacher. I just don't feel it for a preacher. Hey, don't give your feelings the final say. So what do we do? Number two, make a list of the way you wish your marriage operated. Like you sit down. Don't go over it together. You do it by yourself if you have to. Sit down and here, here's the way I wish our marriage operated. I wish we talked to each other this way. I wish we did these things. I wish we loved it. You just sit down and make a list. It's fine to do that. And then number three, Start doing the things on your list, right? It's your list. You make the list and then you start doing the things on the list. And I know, I already, I already know your objection. Here it is. Number four, don't worry about what your spouse does. Hey, we're not trying to get your, your, your spouse to feel. We're trying to get you to get your heart where it ought to be. Number five, don't rely on old investments no matter what your spouse says. Sometimes your, your husband or your wife, they'll be like, honey, you don't have to do those things for me. Do them anyway. Number six, take action and more action. Take action. Don't do one thing and say it didn't work. You just keep doing it. Don't worry about their reaction. Just take action. Don't worry about their reaction. Take action. And then what, preacher? Number seven, repeat. Go back to number one. Do it then feel it. Do it, then feel it. Hope you're going to be able to hear this at home. You, 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 if you have a Bible open, you can close it at home. But according to BMI Music Publishing, I didn't know this until I did the research this week. One song in America was played on American radio and television more than any other song in the 20th century. Now think about that. This song was played more on American radio and television than any other song in the 1900s, the whole decade. The whole decade, the whole century. And it only came out, well, you'll know, you'll know when it came out. Here's the song. If I told you right now, stop and guess, play that game, play that cruise ship game right where you are. What song was played more than any song in American history. Here it is. Listen. Never close your eyes anymore your lips. Wait for it. There's no tenderness like grief in your finger You're trying hard not to show it. There you go. 
you've lost that love and feeling by the Righteous Brothers, who originally sang it. It's been, it's been uh, covered by a lot of people and bands since then. The most played song in the 20th century. Boom, boom, boom. Here are the lyrics. Here, let me show you some of the lyrics. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it, but baby, baby, I know it. You've lost that loving feeling. Whoa, whoa, that loving feeling. You've lost that loving feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa. Now there's no welcome look in your eyes when I reach for you, and now you're starting to criticize the things I do. It makes me just feel like crying, baby. Something beautiful's dying. Why was that so popular? Because it describes a whole lot of relationships. It describes a whole lot of marriages. A whole lot of marriages have lost that loving feeling. And when we lose that loving feeling, we have the tendency just to stop all action. And when we stop all action, the feeling fades and fades and fades fades and fades. What do we do to uh, start those feelings again? We start our action. And when we start our action, the feelings then follow. Let me tell you this, if you're watching today and, and you're a husband and wife and maybe the first time you've heard me speak, may the, be the first time you've been connected to Peavine at all, let me, let me say this. The most important play, thing for you to do is have the Spirit of God in your heart as your Lord and Savior. And you know that Christ is in your heart and life helping you be the best husband or wife. And that's as simple as ABC. If you're, if you're watching and you're not a believer, that's as simple as ABC. Here it is. A, admit you're a sinner and cannot save yourself. There's no good you can do that can get you into heaven. There's nothing you can give. You have to admit, hey, I've sinned. That's not hard. I've sinned. We've all sinned. B, you've got to believe Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again the third day. And C, you've got to confess him as the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I want to, wherever we're watching, just and I'm going to come back and say a word to husbands and wives, but wherever you're watching, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And if you're sitting right where you are, and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, but you'd like to, I want you to pray with me just now. Pray a prayer like this, in your heart or out loud, pray this, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and can't save myself. I know that Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again the third day. And just now I call out to him. And I ask Christ to forgive me of my sins and to give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. And Lord, I pray for those who are just trusting you just now. May it be so as you come to live in their heart and lives. Hey, look this way. If you made that decision, I want you just in the prayer request, just type in there. Hey, I prayed to receive Jesus this morning. We're going to send you some materials. We'll, we'll email you and send you some materials that tell you the next steps to take in the Christian life. Now, let me say this to husbands and wives. Husbands and wives, you may be sitting across from each other or beside each other in different rooms. This may be an awkward sermon because you're kind of right where I preach today. Hey, let's change that. 
Hey, don't go to your wife and make a declaration. Don't go to your husband and make a declaration. Don't go tell them what you are going to do. Don't do that. Today, just start doing it. And if you do it, you'll feel it. If you'll invest, your treasures will follow. Let me pray for you. Father, we have hundreds and maybe even thousands today, the last I looked, husbands and wives who are watching today. Lord, we know marriage can be a real struggle. We know there's some marriages that are cold. We know there's some marriages that are at zero. And we know some marriages at a negative 10. And Lord, there's some at a seven and still want to get better. I pray that that would happen, that you, you would drive this principle home into their hearts and lives. And don't, don't let us talk about what we're going to do. Lord, help us just do it and bring a revolution into our relationship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. For more information about Peavine or to get in touch with us, please visit our website, peavine.org. Thanks for listening.